are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janon, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, hello, hello to you beautiful people out there. Uh, I hope everybody's been having a fantastic week and a phenomenal day so far. Like we always say here on DKO. But I feel like, you know, sometimes um, unless you bring it to words, it's really hard to appreciate it deep down. So when I said that personally, uh, just sitting down in my quote unquote home studio, a.k.a. my room, <laughs> I'm just uh, appreciating everything that I have around me right now. I just had a really nice cup of hot chocolate. Bless. <laughs> and uh, I also have a really nice plan on my desk right now. And um, I, like my my whole headset right now is pretty focused, but at the same time, very relaxed Um could be because of all the all the chocolate uh that i got releasing all the endorphins in my body prior to recording the show but it could also be because you know sometimes like i said you just have to sit down take a step back and truly appreciate everything that all the little things you know that you have around you um some of the things that you come across every day but you don't always notice them but once you actually do take that step back and look at things from a different perspective oh man life is just so beautiful and uh so right now not to get too uh tony robbins on y'all but uh you know what i mean so uh just appreciate the little things in life for sure and um you'll definitely see impacts of it later on um you'll you like you'll definitely for the the first thing that comes to mind is that it will definitely improve your mood boost your mood and uh you're just gonna be more much more efficient efficient excuse me at what you are doing at the time so yeah uh if you want to take anything from today's show definitely take this tiny bit and of course everything else that we have coming up today because today we have a very very interesting episode with a lot of juicy breakdowns coming your way y'all so this upcoming weekend is going to be a very special weekend Many, many reasons because of, for, for that because, number one, we're going to be having our first ever pay-per-view event of the new year, year 2021, this this awesome year that we just started, and thinking, uh, hoping, should I say, we're hoping that it will take us to uh, good places, uh, bring us a lot of good vibes, and specifically, talking about combat sports, bring us a lot of... Um, uh, uh, just uh, just fights that are going to be written down in history. And I'm sure the one that we're going to be talking about today that is coming up on Saturday is indeed going to be one of those fights. So yes, we are going to be having UFC 257 happening this Saturday night. Another fight in Abu Dhabi in Fight Island. Yes, Island in Abu Dhabi, which is going to be phenomenal. But listen, we are going to be having... The official comeback of the notorious Conor McGregor. And he's going to be fighting off against a 
previous opponent and I don't I don't want to call him a longtime foe because he really isn't and uh, as a matter of fact there's so much respect mutual respect between these two guys between Conor McGregor and of course the one and only Dustin Poirier the former interim lightweight champion and the UFC the two are going to be going at it on Saturday night for the main event of UFC 257 and just when you thought that things couldn't get any more interesting in the lightweight division right now in the UFC. Well, just check out the co main event, man, because that will definitely put you in, in proper mood uh, for that main event of the evening because we are going to be having a fantastic lightweight bout between the number six contender in the lightweight division, Dan Hooker, a guy who has been on um on such a t uh, on such a really um interesting trajectory regarding his fight performance how um he essentially rose to where he is right now merely because of just being so persistent in his fights being so so tough and uh, just just staying in there regardless of all the damages that he might sustain in a fight dan hooker is fighting for this co-main event and he's going to be going at it um, against the former lightweight champion from Bellator, who's now actually in the UFC, the one and only Michael Chandler. So this is going to be Michael Chandler's UFC debut. And oh boy, oh boy, I do not envy him in this case because Dan Hooker is no one to underestimate. It is definitely going to be a challenge for Michael Chandler. But, um, you know, I'm just saying that to say that, um, you know, just because this is his first fight in the UFC, it's not like he's going to get an easy fight. Actually, on the contrary, it's going to be a very, very tough fight. But um, he, okay, so there's two points to it. Not to get too, too ahead of myself at the moment, but um, there's two things uh, to consider in this case. So if Michael Chandler wins this fight against Dan Hooker, then good for him. He can easily move up in, in rankings and be amongst the top 10 uh, contenders in the lightweight division, which is something that he wants, something that he actually needs from this UFC contract that, that he's um, signed under right now. If he doesn't win this fight, then, um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a little bit tricky, especially because we know how potent of a fighter he is coming from that, uh, you know, all the excuse me, accomplishments that he's um, um, uh, had under his belt so far as a lightweight fighter, as a former lightweight champion, you know, all those things, I'm sure there will definitely, uh, there will definitely help uh, Michael Chandler to perform well in this fight against Dan Hooker but you know it's it's like a make make or break kind of situation hopefully it will be a make it kind of situation for Michael Chandler although at the same time I cannot help but also root for Dan Hooker who's Michael Chandler's opponent in this case so you know uh, there's just so much dilemma and so much, um, uh, what's the word for it? Like, oh, anyway, I'm just going to leave it there. But you know what I mean? There's just so much, um, uh, oh, there's a paradox, obviously. Okay. I don't know why it took me so long to go with the word paradox. Okay. It's been a long day anyway, but, um, uh, it's a little bit paradoxical to me as a fan because I'm a huge fan of both of these guys. And, um, in this case, it's just a little bit hard to choose sides because either way, I know that the other person just has so much potential, but at the same time, the guy, 
that um I, I that I'll be rooting for. I also know that they're they're pretty good too. And uh, by previewing and just breaking down what I think is going to be happening in this particular bout between Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker, you probably get a better idea of why I'm saying all this. It's because their styles are so, so close and anything can happen because of that. Okay, so I'm just going to leave it there for our uh, preview section at the beginning of the show. But uh, in a few minutes, I'll actually elaborate on that and tell you guys why I think this this Coleman event, oh man, is going to be a really, really good one to watch. So yes, we have that coming up, but also just um, look taking a brief look over some of the other fights that are supposed to be happening for the main card of this UFC 257 fight card. So yes, finally. Okay. I uh, listen, I was so uh, upset with the UFC because in, in most of the events that they've been having recently, they do not schedule our wonderful women fighters anymore, as often anymore, which is really frustrating because we have so, you guys already know, we have so many talented um, uh, prospects in, in women's MMA, specifically in the UFC, women who are signed to the UFC. We have phenomenal champions, and I feel like ever since the pandemic, um, the uh, the field of women's um, MMA has been a little bit dormant, which is not something that we want. So we definitely want more action, and uh, for that action to happen, obviously the the matchmakers have to get a move on and to actually match these ladies up against each other and have them have fights. So thankfully, I'm just uh, as I'm scrolling through uh, the main card for UFC 257, we do have two. Uh, bouts that are for um, uh, the women's flyweight and the women's um, strawweight uh, divisions. Thankfully, thank God. So we are going to be having uh, Jessica Evil Eye, the number six contender in the flyweight division, fight off against Joanne Calderwood. So both of these ladies, I absolutely love. Uh, I'm just gonna I mean I might I might as well just give you a brief breakdown of what I think uh, is gonna go down in this fight so Jessica Evil I um, she is uh, very very well known for her fantastic bo- boxing skills um, uh, well actually in the previous division that she used to fight at at the 135 pound weight division her boxing skills were just on point. Um, it was hard to come across anybody in, in, in that weight division who was as uh, proficient with her boxing skills. So now Jessica Evelai has moved down a weight division to the flyweight division at 125 pounds. Here she is trying to fight off against uh, longtime uh, women's MMA um, a veteran Joanne Calderwood, who uh, made a name of herself in the Ultimate Fighter series, um, and uh, here she is trying to fight off against Jessica Evil Eye. Joanne Calderwood, um, she's one of the few people um, I would say right now in uh, in women's MMA who, um, first of all, she's really, really persevering, but also I do have to mention that she, overall, she's a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. So, uh, you know, when, when she, when Joanne Calderwood comes into a fight, we don't expect Joanne Calderwood to, uh, to, to go ahead with a specific style of fighting in mind. 
What's so special about Joanne Calderwood is that she will come in, she will quickly evaluate the situation, and uh, she's so quick to adapt to, to new uh, things being proposed to her in a fight. So uh, she would see her opponent um, uh, just uh, uh, just coming towards her with, uh, for example, takedowns. And she wants to neutralize that, so she uh, effectively and quickly uh, puts on a offensive striking mode. So uh, in order to to neutralize her opponent's uh, attacks, like specifically in that example that I used, like takedowns, she would try to keep her opponent on the on the outside and keep her range with uh, with her opponent. And um, in that sense, she would she would still win in points. But at the same time, you know, that's not something that we predicted from the very first round. So that's the type of fighter that Joanne Calderwood is, which I think is really interesting. It's quite unique as opposed to Jessica Evil Eye, who, um, and not to say that, you know, just because you're kind of known for a specific style of fighting, that's a bad thing nowadays in MMA. That's actually pretty good, especially if um, that, that particular thing that you're known for in your fights, that's your ultimate forte. That's something that you do better than anybody else in a, in a particular weight division, which I think is uh, the case with Jessica Evil-Eye's boxing skills. Not to say that I uh, oppose that, but still, I'm just saying um, uh, if the if the fight, if this particular fight goes the full distance, I feel like because of the fact that Joanne Calderwood is just more adaptable um, uh, in, in new situations, I feel like she can potentially have more advantage in this bout against Jessica I. But regardless, I'm just so excited to be watching this fight. I, like I said before, I love both of these ladies. And let's just see what, what happens on fight night. I'm just so excited to see how things are going to go down. All right. So um, another honorable mention on this uh, main card is um, Amanda Rebus, who's currently the number 10 contender in the women's strawweight division. And uh, listen, just because she's ranked number 10 does not mean that um, she doesn't have good performance in this division. Actually, as a matter of fact, she I believe she was only recently signed to the UFC. But uh, from her most recent fights, if you if you do go back and watch some of her highlights, she's just so good that uh you know she will come in she has she has good power she has great striking power and accuracy she would come into a fight she will absolutely stun her opponents and uh she's she's very young as well so um amanda rebus is definitely one of those uh, prospects that we need that we as the fans definitely need to keep an eye out for and uh i i do see her move up in rankings and potentially challenging the champion for her title so because of all those things definitely make sure that you also catch up with amanda rebus's fights on the main of main main card rather on the main card of ufc 257 it is going to be so so exciting and i feel like that was enough previewing now let's jump right into our juicy breakdowns for today because you already know um it is going to be a very very exciting fight card and uh i'm personally so excited and i'm very much looking forward to this weekend so that i so that i excuse me i, I feel like i'm talking super fast right now 
But, um, you know, I'm just that's because I'm just so hyped and so excited for all of these fights that are coming up on Saturday. So now, ladies and gentlemen, after having had a uh, how, how many minutes has it been like a 15 minute previewing of all the fights that are happening this weekend? Let's jump right into it. Let's get down to business. Okay, so the first fight. Well, actually, okay. So I feel like it will make sense if I break down the main and the co-main event together because I feel like they're really um, interconnected. There's a very interesting interplay with uh, between all the fighters that I'm going to be talking about right now, even though they're obviously fighting different bouts, different uh, opponents. But I feel like ultimately they might, they might actually come across... Um, or rather cross paths with each other in the in the foreseeable future. So uh, I do want to get started with the bout between Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker. So like I said before, Michael Chandler, he was a champion at Bellator uh, in the lightweight division. Looking at some of his uh, most recent fights, um, he's he's done really, really well. Um, just counting the the the, the most um, the most recent fights the the past five fights that he's had they've all been in Bellator of course right right and I told you guys that this is going to be uh, his UFC debut which is a huge deal because you know he's uh, he already has uh, all of these um, great experiences under his belts now here he is trying to prove himself to everybody that okay yes he first of all he deserves to be in the ufc but also he deserves to move up in rankings in this fantastic weight division of uh, uh of lightweights um arguably the lightweight division right now and all uh, martial arts mixed martial arts is the most exciting weight division right now in addition to the heavyweight division and that is because so many talented fighters are uh, rising to fame, starting to rise to fame. And we have so many big name fighters fighting in this particular weight division. So Michael Chandler, um, yes, he was the champion in Bellator. But that would not mean a thing if he comes to the UFC and he's not able to um, uh, to essentially redeem himself. And I know this sounds weird because, okay, how do you redeem yourself if you haven't like had a slip in the organization yet, right? And I say this because, like I said, when you come to the UFC, it's a whole nother story. You could be the champion of the world, and you come to the UFC and you, you're faced with um, uh, challengers and, and, and contenders that you thought, okay, like before you thought, okay, yeah, I can totally beat this guy. And once you're actually in the UFC, you face that person. And um, because of the fact that you actually underestimated that person, you won't have a good performance. What happens after that? Everything goes downhill and ultimately long story short that is not good for your pro fighting career that's not something that you want so Michael Chandler yes he was a champion here he is though in the UFC he needs to put on his best performance against Dan Hooker but that's gonna be a tough game because like I said before Dan Hooker he is a different type of beast everybody that is because he comes in there, comes into the octagon when the cage uh, when the cage door closes. He does not see anything else 
but but the 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 will to to stand up and to keep fighting forward until the that very last bell of the fight rings and the fight is officially deemed as over Dan Hooker is that type of person and that's exactly what happened with Dan Hooker and the in the most recent fight that he had actually against Dustin Poirier who's going to be fighting McGregor this upcoming weekend when Dan Hooker was fighting Dustin Poirier he didn't care if he was throw- if he was being um uh, if he was sustaining so like double the damage than him throwing punches towards Dustin Poirier if that makes sense so all he cared about was his shots essentially landing on uh, his opponent at the time Dustin Poirier he didn't care how 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 injured he was he didn't care uh, he didn't care about the fact that he, his his face was all bloodied up. He didn't care about the fact that his nose was broken, that his eyebrow was um, cut open. You know what I mean? So that's the type of person that Michael Chandler is going to be facing off against. And um, this is probably a bad word to say, but um, Dan Hooker, I, I actually don't know what his uh, nickname is. Oh, the Hangman. Okay. Well, I guess that's a, that's a pretty fitting <laughs> uh, nickname. But I was going to suggest that he needs to change his nickname to Zombie or like Zombie Boy. But I guess that's kind of taken by the Korean Zombie Boy. But, um, you know, <laughs> long story short, I'm just saying this because um, he's just so persevering. He doesn't care how, how injured he is in a fight. He just wants to keep coming forward. And with till his last breath, he just wants to keep fighting. And um, actually, his power does not decline that much either. So he has fantastic cardio. Um, His ability to take shots are just phenomenal. So because of all those things, he's a very, very dangerous, dangerous opponent for Michael Chandler. But, you know, I said all those things, right? We just have to wait and see what will actually happen on fight night. And I know it sounds a little bit, uh, you, you know, you're like, oh, man, Janan, why would you even say that? Then what's the point of breaking it all down anyway? Well, I say this because I think it's important to see um, what we have ahead of us, you know, according to all the things that have happened in the past, how each guy has performed in the past. And uh, I feel like that's going to uh help us a lot with um just uh logically processing everything you know just because we don't we don't know who's actually gonna win on fight night until the fight happens and we know who's gonna who's gonna win um i feel like we still need to sit back and analyze situations like this because um you know sometimes you you might think that one thing is true but on the other hand, like unless you actually sit down and break it down for yourself and other people, I feel like um, you 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 won't actually get to see all all the little things that you might come across throughout your analysis. So that's why we do all these fight breakdowns and analyses here on TKO. Anyway, so that's that awesome fight between Michael Chandler and uh, Dan Hooker. So who, arguably, whoever wins that fight will be second in line for the lightweight championship belt. And I say that because, as a side note, I do have to say, and I'm sure by now you guys have probably heard about this, 
But Dana White, the president of the UFC, recently had a uh, closed-door talk with the current uh, lightweight cha- undisputed lightweight champion of the UFC, the one and only Khabib Nurmagomedov. So we all know Khabib. Uh, he is 29-0, and 0, and uh, he uh, actually retired after his most recent fight against Justin Gaethje in the lightweight division. We didn't know what was going to happen with Khabib, especially because he said he was retiring. But we didn't know what was happening with the title. Rumors were floating around about the the winner of the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight potentially getting the, the, the belt. Like the fight actually being for at least the interim belt. But now that Dana White and Khabib have had talks with each other, we know that Khabib has expressed interest and, um, and, and first of all, just seeing how the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight is going to go. But also, Khabib has said that he's going to be watching both fights, both the main event and the co-main event that it just broke down for y'all very closely, meaning that he has thoughts about coming back soon. So if that is the case, then my assumption is that he will potentially pick the winner of Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor to um, defend his uh, title once again, um, to defend his title against, right? But also after that, then the potentially the winner of this Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler fight will get a shot at the title. Whoever the champion champion will be at the time. Right. So that's <laughs> again, those are all predictions for now. But uh, we, uh, what can we actually do is to, to just uh, like pick and choose all the information that we're given and just uh, figure out what could potentially happen in the future. Right. So that is personally my prediction for what will be happening uh, with the lightweight championship belt in the near future. So now we now that we brought that up, let's of course talk about the main event of the evening. So Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Fun fact, they've already fought once before, way back in the day in the year 2014, when the two guys were still um, pretty young, uh, still new to the UFC relatively. Uh, Conor McGregor, uh, this was one of his uh, uh, biggest, bigger fights, should I say, at the time. So, of course, he was fighting in Europe and in Ireland. But once he made that transition to the UFC, that fight that he had against Dustin Poirier was one of those big ones, especially because Dustin Poirier, he was in the UFC for a little bit longer than Conor McGregor. And he was already starting to uh, gain a lot of um, uh, fandom and a lot of um, uh, fame in the organization. So because of that, they they matched up against uh, they matched Conor McGregor up against Dustin Poirier. The two fought, and to everybody's surprise, Conor McGregor actually defeated Dustin Poirier the first time in 2014 through um, TKO, I believe. So that fight happened, but. That, that, listen, that was so many years ago. What 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 is actually the case right now? Well, a lot has changed right now. Conor McGregor went on to build a empire of his, talking about all the accomplishments that he's um, uh, made so far in his mixed martial arts career, talking about that that iconic fight that he had against boxing, boxing legend Mayweather, Floyd Money Mayweather, um, but as well, just talking about business, his his business mind with his whiskey business. So Conor McGregor went on and did all those things. 
and so did Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier, like I told you guys before, um, he had to take some time off because of various injuries. But when he came back, oh boy, oh boy, he was mauling opponents left and right. And at one point, um, he won a fight against Max Holloway in which he became the interim lightweight champion of the world. He uh, fought the the champion, the actual lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov, once. Uh, however, he was uh, defeated in that fight, but that did not stop Dustin Poirier from from just keep on coming forward and just um, just uh, doing doing uh, what he was doing for the, for the love of the game. If that makes sense, he just loves fighting so much. He's so dedicated, and that that is definitely one of his keys to success. Uh, until until the end of time, essentially, because that's the mentality that he has, and um, what we what he will have for as long as he is in the fighting game. So, like I said, a lot has changed for both fighters, and uh, athletically as well. I feel like both guys uh, have evolved so much in their fighting style. So Conor McGregor, specifically right now, he looks very sharp. Uh, he looks very uh, like he's definitely in his in this tunnel vision. He just wants to come out here and uh, put on a put on a clean uh, performance regarding striking. And the same goes for Dustin Poirier. But again, like I always say, we just have to wait and see what will happen on fight night. UFC 257 on Saturday nights. And oh, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. You guys make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. Watch UFC 257 and this is TKO. Peace out.